0: Moving on to our final speaker, Claire Sullivan, is a comedian, performer, absurd clown, storyteller and writer. She has been performing comedy for over five years. She's performed and created three solo shows, a duo show, numerous group shows, performed in Perth, Adelaide, Hobart, Melbourne, Newcastle. She's racking them up. She was part of 2016's Monash Law Review and she's one of, one of the founding members of the queer avant-garde performance art comedy troupe Popo Mo Co. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. That's quite good, yeah. Um, which perform monthly at the Queer Haven that is Hairs and Hyenas bookstore. She is very funny. <laughs> Claire. Uh, hey guys. Uh, uh, yes, we did write our own introductions. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> I uh, might also mention that I my I themed my T-shirt to my talk. Yeah, all right. Um, NASA are weird. Uh, for one thing, in 1983, the NASA engineers reportedly tried to pack Sally Ride, uh, the first American woman and known LGBT person in space, a hundred tampons. Uh, thoughtful <laughs> for a week-long space journey. Also, they accidentally taped over the moon landing footage with what I can only assume is the episode of The Simpsons called Deep Space Homer and where Homer goes to space. Nothing else as historical would be worth taping it over for. <laughs> um, and throughout the 60s, they funded a research project to teach dolphins to speak English that resulted famously in a young woman giving a dolphin named Peter a hand job. <laughs> that woman is Margaret Howell Lovat, and tonight I'm going to talk about her. <laughs> Someone made a dolphin sound. Uh, Um, So perhaps what drew me to her is the fact that she's not an actual scientist in the academic sense, uh, but an enthusiast, which is what I am, uh, much to my dad who's a science teacher's chagrin. (laughs) Claire, Claire, why'd you be a comedian, not a scientist? I don't know, Dad. Um, But in order to talk about uh, Margaret Lovat, I have to talk about John Lilly. John Lilly uh, was born 1915 in Minnesota, or as someone who can't do impressions calls it Minnesota. <laughs> uh, he studied science at California Institute of Technology, medicine at Dartmouth, and medical research at University of Pennsylvania. All right, mate, uh, calm down. got stuff going on. Uh, (laughs) Lily was keenly interested in the brain and consciousness and wanted to learn about the human brain by studying animal brains. And he had access to dolphins through the marine studios in Florida and started doing some experiments on them. One day in 1957, while he was doing uh, some sort of experiment on a dolphin, the dolphin makes a sound which Lily interprets as the dolphin attempting to speak English and try to make contact with the humans in the room. He really thought that. Uh, presumably if the dolphin was trying to make contact, it was obviously saying, please stop shoving shit into my brain. And that I don't want any more of that, but Lily interpreted it as, hey, please keep shoving shit in my brain. By the way, I'm a dolphin pleased to meet you. Eh-eh. Uh, this set Lily off on a whole new passion and research project trying to communicate with dolphins through the human language of English. <laughs> if Lily was my age, uh, if John Lily was my age, I'd say he clearly watched one, one too many episodes of the Nickelodeon kids' show, The Wild Thornberrys, In particular, Hello Dolphin. <laughs> which I watched in uh, research for this talk. <laughs> Uh, NASA at the time were keen to make contact with extraterrestrial beings and had heard of Lily's work into making contact with dolphins. They thought this sounded fantastic as what a great, great way to research how humans might make contact with other sentient beings and gave Lily a lot of money to fund further research projects into it. So in 1961, he built a house where everyone called the Dolphin House... Uh, ...which h- housed both humans and dolphins. And when he built it, it housed them separately, might I say. <laughs> On an island called St Thomas... ...which is part of the US-owned Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. Uh, the house had uh, three dolphins, uh, two women, uh, two female dolphins. Uh, I don't mean to answer them <laughs> uh, Two female dolphins, are called Sissy and Pamela... ...and a teenage male dolphin called Peter... And the humans that were living in the house, there was a couple of researchers and their families. Sometimes a photographer would visit and there was John Lilly and a vet. Right, so, next page. Good, so in 1964, 22-year-old Margaret Lovat, who was also a resident of St Thomas, heard about the house of the dolphins and despite there being signs everywhere saying, do not enter... She decided to enter because she loved dolphins. Because who doesn't when you're 22? Fucking love a dolphin. I'm 24. I fucking hate them. No, I don't. <laughs> They're pretty good. Uh, so, she, uh, she wanted to help out with the research. And uh, John Lilly and the team uh, decided to take her on as a research assistant, saying they couldn't pay her. But I assume they followed up with, but it'll be good exposure... I guess the science and art industries aren't so different after all. <laughs> so, Lovat, happy to pay for rent, food and bills in exposure, became John Lilly's research assistant. And her, uh, she was assigned the simple, so easy, oh, so easy task of teaching the young male dolphin Peter to speak the human language of English. Because if there's one fact that we know about animals, is that their ability to speak a human language stretches as far as, as far as English, which is of course one of the simplest languages of all to learn out of all of the languages. S- uh, side note: that was sarcasm. <laughs> uh, might I take the moment here to mention that the three dolphins at the house, Sissy, Pamela, and Peter. ...were actually previously TV stars on the hit TV show Flipper. And TV actors are well known for their ability to live in confined spaces... ...take direction and speak human language. So I guess I understand why neuroscientists would think it would be possible. So after some time, Lovat realised she wasn't getting very far... in, ...in her attempts to teach Peter the Dolphin English. I wonder why and came up with a radical plan. That was flood the house with water about thigh deep and let her live there permanently with Peter. They now called the... It's now kind of called the Dolphinarium, the house. So they also built in an elevator to transport Peter down to the regular dolphin enclosure so he could chill with like-minded folk. Now, Margaret was spending 24 hours, seven days a week... With Peter the dolphin and she will record all the lessons um, you can find them all you can find some of them on YouTube and I'm gonna play this one right now hello <laughs> hello <laughs> clearly Peter All right, good. <laughs> That's why I brought my phone up. All right. <laughs> oh, so, so, you can see it's talking back, isn't it? Uh, so, during the lessons, uh, which Peter reportedly loved, um, he would butt up against Lovat when he was horny. Uh, when this happened, they'd send Peter down the dolphin enclosure in the elevator, or as I like to call it, the dolphin-vator. Yeah. Uh, to take out his frustrations on the two female dolphins. Lovat thought this disrupted the lessons and decided to take the matters into her own hands. Literally. Yes. Uh, y- oh, where is it? Yes. Yes, she started jerking Peter the dolphin off so they could quickly get back to their lessons. Margaret has said of this that Peter found the experience sexual, but not her. She just found it sensual. (laughs) Right now I'm trying very hard to keep the judgement out of my voice. But in regards to sex, consent is an enthusiastic yes. Now, Lovat might have picked up the first half of, you know, enthusiasm but not the yes bit, because despite the lessons, Peter was getting pretty good at mimicking the sounds that Lovat made, but he had not yet mastered the whole understanding words bit. Margaret. So, while Mar- Margaret was giving handies to a porpoise, <laughs> our head researcher John Lilly was experimenting with the drug LSD, as what was... <laughs> As what was cool with the counterculture movement at the time, um, I've seen some interviews of of, uh, of John Lilly at, towards the end of, like towards the end of the 60s, And in the interview, he's wearing a Davy Crockett hat. Anyway, he fucking lo- he loved that LSD. Anyway, um, he was also being put under pressure by NASA to get some results because they were not happy with the dolphin mimicking sounds. They wanted actual human to dolphin conversation. So in a vain attempt, this bit's really sad, in a vain attempt to connect with the dolphin and open the minds of the dolphin, he injected Sissy and Pamela with 200 micrograms, is that the right one? With, of pure LSD. And now Margaret had refused to let Lily inject Peter, so Peter was safe. Might I mention, according to Reddit, uh, the average dose you'll find in a tab or a sugar cube of LSD is about 100 micrograms. So, according to Reddit, he had injected double the average human hit, hoping for some sort of reaction. No apparent reaction occurred, so Lily, desperate, got out a jackhammer and started jackhammering the ground next to the dolphin enclosure... Still no apparent reaction. Uh, word got out about the LSC experiment and NASA dried up their funding. What a surprise. Uh, the dolphins were then sent to, sent to a research lab in Miami. Uh, Margaret was promised that Peter, Sissy and Pamela were happy where they were. Which they weren't. Uh, the dolphins were kept in a terrible, cruel conditions with very little natural light very small tanks where the water wasn't changed or clean and it was heavily chlorinated. And dolphins poo a lot and they did not change those tanks. Apparently it stank. Um, So they were living most of their time in excrement. It was in one of those tanks that a very distressed Peter took a large breath through his blowhole and then sank to the bottom of the tank, effectively putting an end to his suffering. Uh, Margaret wasn't told for a very long time about his death. She, acti- she actually ended up marrying the photographer that was at the uh, dolphin house and together they continued living in the now-drained dolphin house and brought up three little girls. Uh, John Lilly continued his research in dolphins and self-exploration through LSD throughout the 70s and 60s. And then in the 80s, uh, plagued with guilt about keeping dolphins captive, he released, he actually had some dolphins again. He released his dolphins into the wild and set up a conservation fund, which is against keeping dolphins captive. So that's pretty good. Uh, Margaret only spoke publicly about the whole ordeal in 2014 when the BBC did a documentary on her. Um, and she's it's pretty interesting, the documentary. It's called The Girl Who Talked to Dolphins. I suppose the alternate uh, title was was left on the cutting room floor. Thanks, guys. I'm Claire.